what we do here is go back, 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 back. Every time that they play, all Nate does is just run a streak with DK Metcalf and throw touchdowns to him. That's and exactly. all Dan does when he's playing is just feed Cooper Cup. <laughs> Welcome back to another edition of the Raider Take Podcast. I'm Mike McDonald. With me, as always, is Andy McDonald. We win, we're in. That's where we're at. That's what we got. Heading up to this Chargers preview. Got a lot to touch on. Got some NFL action to touch on. But before we do that, like usual, Andy, where are you? How are you? Uh, those are two different things. Actually, I think they're both because um, I don't know. I don't know how I'm feeling. I don't know where I'm at. It's very, I'm nervous. It's, it's Thursday and I'm already nervous. Um, but it's just, uh, this is it, man. You know? And, and I was thinking, cause I said, I'm like, Hey, this is going to be the biggest game in, in the last five years for us. Cause the last biggest game that we had was probably that, uh, playoff game that we were in in 2016. But even then, I don't think it was that big because it was a playoff game, but as everyone knows, Carr McGloin's out and Connor Cook goes. So it wasn't even, it was just like, sad you know yeah, we, we like ex- like expected to kind of get our asses kicked and or lose to be honest with you i talked myself into connor cook a little bit as I, much as i could. I don't think anyone uh, of the listeners are surprised by that you know yeah. you're a big optimist yeah when it was it was like a man he was at michigan state he was even better than kirk cousins was when kirk mm-hmm. cousins was at michigan state he came better than in. drew stanton it was like <laughs> talk yourself into it. make it make sense yeah could be the biggest game um, that 2016 game just because it was a playoff game. But if if that's not it, then we're talking 2002 Super Bowl, right? So we're anywhere between the biggest game in the last five or 20 years. <laughs> so, which tells you a little bit about the um, the Raiders' history there. If you didn't know, um, also I didn't want to bring this up, but I think it's important that I address that I address this. Um, one of the the games that I went to at the Coliseum without you, which was few and far between was the last game of the year where if we won, we got into the playoffs and I went with um, my buddy Louie and we lost that game. So if anyone remembers that game against the Chargers, we lost that game. But because I'm nervous and I'm thinking about all these different situations, I think of the bad memories. And I'm like, we had the exact same game a while ago and, and I was there and I, that that's, and that's why I'm not going to Vegas for the game. I want everyone to know that. What year was that? Man, it was that that wasn't 2008, was it? No, it was. I think it was like 10 years ago. So, 2008 or 2009, I believe, was that the year that we went eight and oh in the division and oh and eight in in, in the rest of the conference? That was the same year of of this game, yes. Uh, That we had to beat the Chargers at the end and we would have been in and we just didn't, or no, that wouldn't make sense. There was one year, I think it was might have been the Jason Campbell year, but we were. 8-0 8-0 in the division and 0-8 outside of the division, and we missed the playoffs because of the very last game we lost. As I talk it out, I'm like, this doesn't make sense with what I'm trying to say. Yeah, I think it was the Campbell year, dude. Sorry, this is bad radio, but hold on. I'm going to find it. And you want to know what reminded me of it? How stupid this is. It was like Facebook reminded me. <laughs> so, you know, I was like, hey, 10 years ago, you were here or whatever, you know? Yeah, Facebook always reminds me of all the uh, 
the games that we've gone to, pictures with Bob, pictures with Stan and the crew, mm-hmm. uh, you know, a lot of good memories. Most of them we didn't win, but, you know, a lot of the experience of going to a game is pre-game out in the parking lot. Yeah, because we, we never enjoyed the games. They yeah, lose. exactly. <laughs> the games are so frustrating by halftime that you're like, I when we're in the parking lot with so much, like, hope. Yeah, no, that's, man, I got to find this thing. Anyways, it's not that important. It's also bad radio, but we'll we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. I could have just went straight to the source of, of Facebook. That reminded me, but that's true. <laughs> Facebook does have years on there. That's true. People forget. People forget okay. Facebook has timestamps. People forget Facebook remembers everything you've ever done, and will probably try you in court because of their information. Okay, sorry. I feel okay. I'm in a good spot where. Like, you know, I think I've done the full uh, the full cycle of, of feelings for this game where it's like excited and then it goes into to fear and then it goes into reflection of like what a year we've had, all the stuff we've gone through. Gruden, Ruggs, Nate Hobbs situation recently, traded, you know, both Hudson, Gabe Jackson, signed what's Richie Incognito, he goes on the IR. Denzel Good goes on IR, so our O-line's revolving door. No weapons. Waller's out for five games in the back half of the year. It's just like, we've gone through a lot. So then I went through the reflection and kind of appreciation, you know, of, of just being here. And then um, and then Facebook just decided to remind me, hey, remember that last time you went to the game where it was the same setup with you beat the Chargers and you're in? Yeah. And so now I'm back. The cycle has started. But yeah, let's get to this. Let's get to this preview. Um, before we do that, we're going to actually start with a little bit NFL stuff here. Um, we have the last week of the year, as everyone knows, time to hand out some awards. So we'll give our predictions um, for a few of these categories. And Micah, I will let you start, and I'll start the second category. But first category prediction: Coach of the Year. Who is yours, and why? Yeah. So my Coach of the Year. Um, I think is someone that a lot of people, a lot of people talking about for this award. It's uh, someone that people were kind of like questioning, how's he going to do with you coming in with brand new rookie quarterback, wondering how their offense is going to go. That's Zach Taylor. I think if you look at what he's done with the Bengals this year, right now they're going into this week. Now, supposedly Joe Burrow is sitting, but they're going into the same week with the possibility, depending on how things pan out, that they could be the number one seed in the AFC. You know, we saw them and the Raiders seven, eight weeks in, you know, being top of the AFC uh, because of the way they started out the season. So I think not a whole lot of people expected him to kind of turn the Bengals around as quickly as he did. Obviously having Joe Burrow uh, getting, you know, one of Joe Burrow's most trusted uh, targets and Jamar Chase as well definitely helps. But I think he's got to be in the running. Uh, Stefanski won it last year. Uh, with how the Browns, you know, kind of just came out of nowhere for the most part. Zach Taylor, my pick for this year. Yep, I was torn between him and and Matt Lafleur, and that's who I'm going with. Obviously, you know, obviously Packers, Green Bay Packers head coach. Packers, the number one seed in the NFC. I think when you look at all the drama that went into um, this year with Rodgers, issues with the front office, things like that, off the field stuff they had to deal with, and also just the the Packers are kind of the you know, good record in the regular season. Um, they've kind of had issues in the NFC championship game, but kind of with that lingering Rogers stuff. And then also I, I, I just look at the team and I don't really see a ton of talent 
necessarily, and that's weird to say, but obviously Rodgers is probably top two or three greatest quarterbacks of all time. You have Devontae Adams and no one else, basically. You have, you know, Aaron Jones, A.J. Dillon, who A.J. Dillon has came on um, a lot throughout the year um, and established a pretty dang good role. He's part of the quad squad, you know, um, so – but then you look around; it's it's really just those three. It's it's the weapons are Jones, Dylan, and Adams. They lost um, Tanyan, obviously, um, early, which hurt. And then you know you have Marcus Valdez Gantling. Alan Lazard has developed a role there. Defense isn't special. They've had injuries there too. So just really that comes down to obviously having the greatest quarterback on the planet right now, and just the scheme in itself that they've been able to dominate the NFC. I think um, Lafleur deserves deserves the credit there. He deserves a rose from myself and the Raider Take podcast three straight years of 13 and three, I think is pretty dang impressive. And he is my coach of the year. So second category is defensive rookie of the year. I don't even know if we need to spend time on this. Mine's Micah Parsons. That's really it. Uh, he has really even a chance to be defensive rookie or defense player of the year. So I, it's Micah Parsons and no one else is close. Yeah, that, that's exactly where I'm at as well. Mainly because all Micahs are elite. Um, but he has been, you know, so lights out for that team. It's absolutely unbelievable. Uh, I, I think I saw somewhere that I think it was Vegas or um, someone just stopped doing odds for the award because it was just like there's no chance anyone else is going to like catch up to him for any reason whatsoever. So it was like before the year, before 2022 even began, they stopped doing the the odds on who was going to win defensive rookie of the year. So I think that tells you everything you need to know. So going in the next one, we have offensive rookie of the year for a little while. This one was a little contentional. Me personally, I think after last week, you got to go with Jamar chase. In my opinion, he has been absolutely phenomenal, especially with another elite receiver on the other side and T Higgins. He has just produced so much has produced lights out games where he's having 200 plus receiving yards, which is like last time we saw a receiver do that multiple times, I I think was Josh Gordon like six years ago. Uh, And to do it as a rookie is, is unbelievable, but he's a yak monster. He's been catching anything and everything. And outside of last week, he's had some down games for a few weeks, but I think when you're looking at it, looking how just how dominant he is, and you can say like, yeah, they have so many other weapons on their offense that it helps them with that. But, you know, there's times where both him and T Higgins are going off and that's because they're both just amazing. So Jamar Chase coming in, that's my offensive rookie of the year. Yeah. It's, it's tough to, it's tough to argue that he has obviously exploded, you know, a huge games the last couple of weeks and he's been really consistent throughout, but counterpoint T Higgins is really good. So they have to defense has to pay attention to him. And that, that's really the only counterpoint. No, Jamar, I think it's Jamar Chase's award to, to lose. So, I think the, if you were going to make a case for someone else, Mac Jones, um, who kind of had the, the opposite type of season where got a lot of praise um, early on and from the really, I guess, from that two and four start all the way to um, probably the last three or four weeks, he's he's done a really good job, you know, thrown for, I think, over 3,100 yards, four, or 21 touchdowns, 12 picks, you know, really good job. And and not, you know, he, he came in in the year thinking that Cam Newton was, was going to be the starter, you know, and he was just going to get reps. So, um, as we know, the Josh McDaniel system is very complex. He's handled it well. The Patriots are in the playoffs. So if there's anyone that's going to contend with him, it would probably be Mac Jones. But I, I would agree. If I was voting, it would be Jamar Chase. So 
So now going into um, the next one, we got defensive player of the year. So because I get to go first, I'm going to take TJ Watt. You know, huge game last week, four sacks. Um, he's been very consistent throughout the year. And 21 and a half sacks, I believe, is what he has. And he's missed four games of the year. So that's saying a lot. Um, the record, the sack record is 22 and a half held by Michael Strahan. Someone contest that that last sack was a little soft because Brett Favre just fell. But that's neither here nor there. Um, so TJ Watts just had an incredible year. It might hurt him that um, the Steelers don't make the playoffs. Um, who knows? But he's just been an absolute force. Um, been very consistent when he's on the field. And just, yeah, he's, he's a dominant player. And I'm going to go TJ Watt. Wish we had him. You know, wish we had him. That's all. Yeah, I think it's really hard to disagree with that. I, I think one of the biggest reasons, to be honest with you, is that because uh, Mike Parsons is a rookie and he's going to win Defensive Rookie of the Year. He, you know, he's kind of the biggest, you know, challenger with TJ Watt. I think TJ Watt gets it as well. Like you said, just so productive, even after missing games this season. I think regardless of whether they make the playoffs or not, you look at that and you're like, that's just absolutely spectacular. Sack and a half away from. Uh, breaking the record i would like to argue that trayvon diggs has has a fight in there based off of like the interception stuff but he's obviously cooled down a lot um in the last four or five weeks that's not the reason you want him to win can we just address that really since the raider game he's really been he's really cooled off a a lot since then but um i also was in love with him coming out of the draft so maybe that's maybe that's a little bit of the reason but tj watt i think you got to give it to him you know it's a spectacular year he's having you know, they can't touch on it enough that like he's missed four games and he's still already, you know, possibly about to set the record, you know, and they're, they're playing for the playoffs. So this is going to be a game where, you know, it's not like they're sitting starters cause they're in or, you know what I mean? Like they're out of it. So it's like, whatever, they have so much to play for. So he went in and, and got four sacks against the Browns and here he is about to potentially break the record. So I think you got to give it to him regardless of what, regardless of how this game pans out. Agreed. And I think Miles Garrett was up there um, in the running for um, a large part of the year. I was actually prepared for you to take Trayvon Diggs, and I had counterpoints ready. So, I yes, I, I think he has 11 picks. That's insane for a corner. Um, he's also given up the most yards as a cornerback. He's basically the Adam Dunn of cornerbacks. It's either swing for a bomb or strikeout. So he has a lot of picks, and he's also been beaten a ton. So that's where I would imagine he wouldn't get voting. It's not a shot at you, but – just I was ready in case yeah. you were going to stand on the hill for him. That's fine. And right there, that just shows you that teams want to try to challenge him. So it's like Correct. he's taking advantage of the fact that they want to challenge him, but they've also just taken advantage of the fact that he's going to give up all these yards. It's like it's like a baseball player who's just going to either hit a bomb or he's going to strike out. It's Chris Davis in 2014, somewhere, 2012 maybe. Which Chris Davis? Because there's two. Sorry, Chris Davis for the Orioles, mm-hmm. I believe. It was only a couple of years ago. Yeah, he hit like a buck eighty and hit forty five bombs. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it was one or the other on him. So, because the other Chris Davis for the A's, uh, uh, he, he kind of does the same thing. So, gotcha. Shout okay. out to Bauer. Well, that sounds like Chris Davis's are all the same. So, correct. Uh, going into offensive player of the year, offensive player of the year, I kind of look at a little bit in regards to like, okay, who's not going to win the MVP? Who's like in the running for MVP but not? going to win it. Uh, my answer is going to be Jonathan Taylor. Uh, he has just been absolutely lights out on offense. I think that he was 
in the running for MVP until the Raiders kind of shut him down. And he still went over 100 yards, but shut him down in regards to what he was doing. So I think he was averaging like 120, 130 yards a game, something ridiculous. Uh, And in the first, like, I think four or five games of the season, when he rushed for less than 100 yards, um, the Colts lost. <laughs> and when he started rushing for over 100 yards, they were like 7-0, and something like that. Um, but, you know, he was just going off. He was balling out. He's up there with one of the top uh, running back seasons of all time when, you know, with AP and, and Henry and all those guys that are just balling out and won it their year, I think, barring some 200-yard game this week. He's not going to win MVP but he's got my offensive player of the year. Yeah, I like it. I, I, I think he wins it too, um, but that's not going to be my pick. So, because this is like, you know, the MVP is, is just such a quarterback award. Um, so I like to give give some love to to the other, you know, the other skilled players. So I'm going to go uh, offensive player of the year, Cooper Cup, man. Come on, give it to Cooper Cup, guys. An offensive player of the year is also kind of like who won your fantasy league for you, you know, which I didn't, but I'm sure Cooper Cup won it for a lot of people. So just looking at the numbers, man, 138 catches, 1800, over 1800 yards and 15 touchdowns. That's an insane year. Um, that's a Calvin Johnson type year with, I mean, probably less catches or more catches, but it's just crazy what he's doing. It's crazy what he's done for that Rams offense. And he's, he's on, he's Hunter Renfro on steroids, basically. I'm not saying, I'm not alleging that cup is on steroids. I'm saying, if you would imagine um, Hunter Renfro on steroids, that's, that, that's him. And he's, he's been insane and no one can stop him. He plays he plays out at the X. He plays in the slot. They move him all around. His his route tree is the opposite. It's the inverse of DK Metcalf's. Like it's it's incredible. And I, I just like Cooper Cup. Man, he's a Eastern Washington guy. He was a Senior Bowl guy. Like great story. Great story. Maybe because I love Hunter Renfro. Maybe that's what it is. I'm so happy you mentioned both those receivers in that uh, little conversation you had because. This is going to be a shout out to Dan and Nate. They both have a franchise on Madden that I was playing with them, um, and they were the Rams. Um, they traded for DK Metcalf, uh, and every time that they play, all Nate does is just run a streak with DK Metcalf and throw touchdowns to him. That's and accurate. All Dan does when he's playing is just feed Cooper Cup because <laughs> he's like he's basically he's he's our Hunter Renfro of the team, and Nate hates it. Nate hates it so much that like. <laughs> He just feeds DK. Dan just feeds Cooper Cup to the point that I was over there. We were playing and Nate was on the cusp of trading Cooper Cup, possibly releasing him because Dan just threw to him so many times. (laughs) Some organizational issues to sort out. It's kind of like the Packers before this year. Yeah, there's a lot of heat within the organization there. So that's hilarious. Yeah, I do love that because he is having just an absolutely unbelievable year. So got to get some love in there somewhere. Yeah. Well, that leads us to the last and most prestigious award here. The most valuable player. I guess that means I start. So I am going to go with, it's A.A. Ron. It's Rodgers. And and I, I had a hard time because, I mean, it, I think it's somewhat obvious. You talk about the number one seed in the NFC. You talk about his touchdown to interception ratio is 35 to four, over 4,000 yards. I, I just think what he does like if you just looked at it, the best player, like just the best player on the best team or on one of the best teams, it's him. Like, I think he's the most about like, if it was Rogers or Jordan love Packers are seven, 
and 10 or whatever the thing looks now, you know, I, I just, I think it's just a completely different team. I talked about it with LaFleur as far as like, they don't have as explosive as their offenses. They don't have a ton of weapons. They're making um, a lot happen with not a lot of resources. And it all starts with, with number 12. So I think it's Rogers award. No, that's, that's as far as it goes. I feel pretty good about that. Yeah. I mean, I think it's hard to argue anywhere else for that, to be honest with you. I mean, I, it down to the point where, you know, your coach of the year isn't in that talks if this guy's not on the team. Like I said, Jordan Love's playing a quarterback there right in the contention for a top 10 pick this year. So I think Rodgers, you know, he did. It, he's on such a spite tour right now. He did it last year. Uh, he did it this year. He's just in this, like, I'm going to go to work and just, you know, talk all the shit you want and I'm going to mm-hmm. act how I want to act and then I'm going to just go out there and ball out. So he, there was one... uh person who has a vote for the MVP um, and spoiler alert, surprise, surprise guy out of Chicago, mm-hmm. not voting for him because of his off the field issues. Cause he's the biggest jerk in the NFL. Yeah. Cause I he's the he biggest jerk in the NFL. So it's, it's hilarious because it would be one thing if it was like someone from like Florida or somewhere random where you're just like, mm-hmm. all right, like you just have this like hipster opinion of it. But like, to see someone from Chicago do that, you're like, you're yeah. just a bitter Bears fan. Yeah, <laughs> that's exactly. gonna use any any chance he has to, you know, excuse he has to not vote for Rodgers. So. Yeah, is that is that who you're going with too? Is that your? your yeah, I, yeah. I'm sorry. You know, I didn't have any other option. To we be just honest need with an you. official announcement. As yeah, well for the awards to be. Aaron Rodgers is my pick as well because I went for Jonathan Taylor, Offensive Player of the Year. So uh, I feel yeah. like it's it's Rodgers is award to lose so yeah i know the odds have it at as rogers i think brady's right under him burrow's there but i think it's rogers award to lose but this concludes the 2021 22 raider take podcast nfl awards predictions before we get into our game preview micah would you like to tell the people who this episode is brought to you by absolutely you know i'm always here to do that so this episode is brought to you by DraftKings football fans DraftKings sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the NFL has a no-brainer offer that makes you a winner once any point is scored. New customers can bet just $1 on any NFL game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores. If they score, you score with promo code TPPN. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state, no worries. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Football Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use promo code TPPN, throw down $1 on any NFL game, and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a point. That's promo code TPPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only, new customers only, Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Have a gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right. Well, we've we've teased it enough. We're here. Time to talk turkey a little bit. Okay. Week 18. Win or go home. Los Angeles Chargers visiting the Las Vegas Raiders. They flex this game to Sunday night, so it'll be prime time. It will be right 
at the end of the football season. Um, last game of the year. Cannot hold anything back now, as you noted previously. So it's a big one, guys. Okay. You've seen big ones before. You've been previewed big ones before. This is the granddaddy of them all. It's not the Rose Bowl, but it's the Bourbon Bowl. Chargers are coming into town. They are, as of today, three and a half point favorites against the Las Vegas Raiders. Over-under is 49 and a half. It's the highest over-under of the week um, of the slate for the NFL. So um, a lot of points, huge, huge points. If you're an over guy, this might be your game. Um, so what we're going to do is we're going to break break apart each side um, and just focus on kind of the keys to victory. Mike is going to take the Raiders offense against the Chargers defense. I will take the Raiders D against the Chargers offense. So, Micah, you're on, my friend. Give us the preview. Give us the optimism. Give us all the vibes that we need right now. Yeah, so, I mean, Raiders offense is, is really clicking on a lot of cylinders right now outside of turnovers. Granted, they have gotten to points where they've started out hot and then they've kind of stalemated and they've gotten in their own way, and that's kind of where the turnovers are coming to play. But there's a few different things, few keys to this game for the Raiders offense against their D. If we can exploit, we will be able to keep up with them and potentially get a W in this game. So the first thing is uh, in the running game, their defense is one of the worst rushing defenses in the league. Um, we played them earlier in the year, and they you know, did a lot to shut us down. That was, as we've talked about, we've been having issues with the running game um, really all the way up until a couple weeks ago. So we weren't really poised last time to really beat them in the run. They were a little better in the run uh, in the beginning of the year than they have been towards the end of the year. And I think one thing, so I went back and watched the uh, Texans game that – Texans beat the Chargers. Uh, one thing that they were doing very well is they were getting their linemen to the second level and getting blocks on linebackers. Uh, and the running backs were able to find holes. You know, they were able to block the front line enough to get their other guys to the second level and really just win the one on one battles. Um, and that's what it's going to take. That's what we kind of saw uh, last week and the week before is the Raiders in general. Last week was really mainly on defense, but they were winning their one-on-one battles. And if our line can get to the second level, I think if Jacobs is healthy, if Jacobs is able to go and he's you know, able to be himself out there, he's really good at making people miss and getting these cutbacks and kind of getting these five to six, seven, eight-yard gains and then you know, busting out a 12, 15-yarder every once in a while. So I think a big key is going to be our offensive line getting to the second level being able to get their blocks on the linebackers. The second point that I wanted to touch on is our passing game. Watching the Texans game, you know, the Chargers have a very good secondary. Um, Derwin James, one of the best safeties in the league, if not the best. One thing that the Texans were able to do and exploit, now granted they have a lot faster and quicker wide receivers than we do across the board, but they did a lot of crossing routes. They had a lot of guys going, um, you know, across the field, uh, and kind of just finding gaps when they played zone and just flat out beating their man when they were man to man. So I think, and that, and that's one thing that we've been really good at is being able to get Zay Jones across the field. Hunter Renfro is Hunter Renfro. He's able to kind of do his thing, uh, run his routes and get kind of gadgety in the middle of the field. But I think if we're going to be able to have success in the passing game, 
which we're going to need to to potentially keep up with their passing game. I think it's going to be kind of dialing up plays that's going to get Zay Jones across the field. Um, you know, maybe Deshaun uh, gets in there and, and runs some deep routes too. Um, it's just kind of mixing up the the routes and, and kind of getting guys crossing, making the DBs kind of choose. Um, you know, the linebackers put them in conflict on who's got to drop and cover middle zones and stuff. So those are kind of my two little points on how our offense can succeed. They've been bad at the run lately, so we need to exploit it. We've kind of come on a little bit um, in our own as far as being able to block for the run. So maybe it's kind of two sides of things coming coming together at the right time for us. But I think if we're going to have any success uh, in the run game, it's going to be our you know guards and centers getting to the second level. In the passing game, it's getting you know keeping Zay Jones on his little hot streak he's on, um, and kind of getting guys across the field and putting those DBs in conflict. Yeah, no, I, I agree, man. It's it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. I think the Raiders of Week Four are obviously different in a lot of ways than the Raiders of, of Week Eighteen. So um, our leading receiver that game was Henry Ruggs, just for clarity. Um, and we also had a different head coach, so it's gonna be different um, as far as how we attack. I think we're gonna try to slow the game down just to offset, you know, this Chargers explosive offense, which um, I'll be getting into now. So you know, when we played in Week Four. Uh, we ended up losing 28, 14 um, and they got on us quick. It was 21 going into um, going into halftime. So, but what we saw, and, and I, if I recall correctly, when we previewed this is, Hey, we cannot let them establish the run against us. Um, Cause that's only going to make Herbert more dangerous. Um, and that's really exactly what happened. So they were able to get Eckler going um, and they got into a lot of heavy sets. I, I rewatched that, um, that week four game, but they got into a lot of heavy sets that, um, it's it's just not their style as far as their personnel. Um, they have a lot of good weapons that we'll talk about, but they were able to get into those heavy personnel groupings and and was able to establish the run and really kill this off play action. So Herbert's really good. Everyone knows that. So he's really he's really good and especially um, off play action if Eckler's rolling. So I think as far as you know scheme goes with with Bradley, I mean we could talk intricacies all we wanted of what we've seen over the year. We've really only played predominantly two coverages and that's that cover three zone um, that we talk about a lot, that Seattle scheme or, or we just play man. So we don't see a lot of cover two looks. Um, I know we've done that against the chiefs in the past, but chargers do a really good job of stretching or I guess pushing the ball vertically um, up the sidelines too. They take a lot of shots on the boundaries because Herbert has the arm to do that. Um, And so that's where you can really find the gaps in a cover two scheme. So I would imagine they, you know, probably don't even roll that out much um, stay in that cover three zone. But I, I really hope that we can kind of get out there and be and now, now granted, the last three quarterbacks we faced have been Carson Wentz, Drew Locke, Nick Mullins, right? So we're not going to play in the same. Herbert is obviously a freak, but I think stylistically we can play similar. Um, we can play somewhere where we're playing tighter coverage, even if it is zone, right? We can show man, kind of sugar that a little bit, or we can just play them in the man because if we can force Herbert to make those tight window throws, um, and, the, and the most effective way to run man is to get pressure, right? So if we can get Yannick and get uh, Max to get to Herbert to pressure them uh, or to pressure him and make those tight window throws probably maybe earlier than he wants, I think that's our chance. We haven't had a turnover in like six games, okay? Or it's been a long time, at least. We've had one in the last six games. One in the last six games, exactly. So I would just prefer us to play a little bit tighter and in coverage that way to where he can't just 
you can't just sit back there. And, and if we got pressure to them, he'd still have kind of some windows to throw into. And I know it's easier said than done, but for if we're running man, we got to be able to, to match up with these guys. Um, I'll get into the specific matchups in a little bit, but if it's zone, our, our linebackers got to be able to, um, especially off play action, be able to read play action um, and retreat and get into their under zone, um, whether it's under two or under three. So I think it's just going to be tough, man. They're very explosive. They match up really well against us. You look at in the passing game, you look at Eckler versus our linebackers. Eckler against Perriman in, in the passing game, it, it's an advantage Eckler. Um, whoever he gets, I think Eckler is going to win those battles more often than not. I think you look at um, the wide receivers. You got Mike Williams, Keenan Allen. You got Guyton against, you know, Casey Hayward, Faishon, Trufant, you know, and then any combination of Hobbs or Morig, depending on who um, is taking the tight end. So I think the Chargers have the advantage in that matchup. You look at the tight end, Jared Cook. Um, he's either going to get Hobbs or Morig. I think we we have the guys to to play him, and and I'm talking man on man right now. But uh, we have Hobbs or Morig to play to play Cook. Um, and if you recall, late in that uh, Chargers game, um, that was when Trayvon Mullen got hurt, where we had to like change uh, we had to change Hobbs's role a little bit and kind of put him at that nickel nickel linebacker. We just shuffled him around where he got beat on that punch fake. I can still see it as if it was yesterday. So where the fullback leaked out, everyone knows off play action. Cool. Hey, we stole that uh, at, at one point. I know. I think a few weeks later, I think you, you pointed on it that we, we stole it with Engel. It was against uh, Falcons, I believe. Or not the Falcons, the Eagles. Yeah, we stole that play. But I think with Hobbs in his role, um, I know he's going to be big um, and run support. We'll probably blitz him, but any combination of him or Morrig against uh, Jared Cook, I think we have the advantage there. Um, and then you look at, you know, let's just go the, the tackles against our DNs. You got Crosby, you got Yannick against Rashawn Slater, who's having an all-pro year. He's a rookie. And then you got Storm Norton, who's the right tackle. Incredible name. Um, but I think we can take advantage of him. So whoever it is, whether it's Yannick or Max, I think we got to be able to win those matchups. I give the Raiders the advantage there. And I think our D-line has really came on um, a lot more strong throughout the end of the year. Um, and I think we'll be more, more adept to stopping the run. So it's going to be tough. Um, they just have – really a lot of good skill players but i think the biggest thing is, is we've got to be able to create pressure um and eckler gashed us for a couple big runs but also when he didn't gash us with those long runs it was five six seven yards a pop you know so we have to limit those we have to limit those kind of death by a thousand paper cuts um because herbert he's going to take his shots he's going to take his shots downfield and he's really good he has great deep ball accuracy um so we got our hands full but I think, you know, just kind of how it's been the last couple of weeks, you know, we, we got to be able to put pressure on them and we got to be able to then um, stay off the field, which goes into the offensive side, sustaining drives, not going three and out. Fun fact, the Raiders, and I know you had the offense, but the first game in week four when we played them, we had 59 total offensive yards or 59 total offensive yards in our first seven drives. Okay. So 21, nothing in the first half makes sense. Defense got wore out, but Flip side in the second half only gave up seven points. Our offense was able to have two touchdown scoring drives, um, longer drives, um, and kept them off the field. That's been the recipe for success um, throughout the year. And I think our defense has only gotten better since then. And we just got to be able to to stick to it. But matchups wise, man on man, they you know they match up pretty well against us. And and uh, you got what's his name? You got Gus Bradley, former Charger, so he he knows the team pretty well. But also like. He played. He schemes well against a, someone like a Herbert because he's always got a, a top to the lid. That makes sense, right? He always, we always got something on the back half, which I think we've seen, but where we've gotten eaten up is in, in between that 12 to 17 yard 
um, range where they can just pick us apart. They'll take the under stuff and they'll take something a little bit over the top. We've done a pretty good job of outside of just some blown assignments, not getting hit with big plays. So he's going to take his shots, but I'm more concerned with that under coverage from the linebackers um, if we're running that zone and being able to get in between those intermediate routes that that'll kill us. So we'll see. It's, I think that's what gives me the most anxiety is, is just this offense that then they've, they've sputtered too. They've, they've had really big games and they've also gone into to Houston granted, you know, they had a lot of guys out, but they have, they've been pretty inconsistent as, as an explosive offense, but when they, when they're explosive, they're explosive. So I think we'll have our hands full, but um, I think there's a lot of different areas where our D line, if we can, if we can slow down the run, our D line can get to Herbert and really press him there. So I think we have a fair shot, but it kind of makes sense why it's the highest over under of the week for the NFL. Yeah. And just touching on it, be, uh, because I watched that Texans game, one of the things the Texans didn't do was get pressure on Herbert and he was able to kind of pick them apart. You know, you've touched on it a little bit. You might've touched on it last time we played them, but if you have an effective, you know, short range pass game to your running backs, it's just as effective as a running game. And I think that's where Eckler has a lot of success as well is little dump offs and, you know, uh, delays or just something, you know, little screens, something that's just, you know, him in the flats, let him, you know, make things happen. So I think that's a big part of, I mean, you can kind of couple that into a big part of their run game is, is him with little dump offs and everything, but the Texans weren't able to get pressure on Herbert that much. You know, he, they were, they were chunking him apart kind of like they did with us, kind of like you were saying in that, you know, nine to 15 yard range, um, especially when you're on a mid, mid to long third down and you're picking up third downs because of it. They just were able to take advantage of some mishaps, um, get some interceptions, and their offense was able to keep up with them. So, um, you know, it's not like the Texans went, that went out there and just like shut their offense down or anything like that. Right. They weren't really able to get to the quarterback much. So I think that will will definitely be a big thing that, um, you know, if we can do that, it's going to help kind of get them off his mark. Yeah, I just treat them very similar, similarly to the Chiefs where you can make sure that you have the over-the-top help and give them the little stuff underneath. At some point, they're going to take their shots, right? But as you saw in the first game, sorry, I know I'm going off here a little bit, but in the first game we played the Chiefs at home, they just, they five to six yarded us all day, right? They, they took those short. They're like, all right, you're going to take the, you're going to give us the under stuff. We'll, get, we'll give it to you. And then 10 play drives, 86 yards, touchdown, right? So just like you said, Echo's effective in the run game. If they don't get that going, they'll probably get them involved in some capacity. And we just have to be able to, the biggest thing is we have to be able to rally. We have to be able to wrap up and, you know, we can't, we have to also take our shots when we can to, to cause turnovers, to, to get him off his mark. He is similar to DC in the sense where when he gets rolling, he gets rolling. Right. And so um, I think it's just, it's tall task for the Raiders defense, but something that we're going to have to kind of have to figure out. And, you know, it's the most explosive offense, best quarterback we faced in a long time. So, but it's week 18 guys. That's why it's, the, the season couldn't have ended any other way with Sunday night, prime time, winner go home, Raiders backs against the walls all year with so many different things. So that's why we got to predict. That's why we got to get into our predictions here. So I actually will correct myself. Um, the line is uh, Chargers are favored by three points, not three and a half. Um, so Chargers minus three, week 18. You want to go first? Or do you want me to? Look? I'll go first. I'll get after it first. These last few weeks, I've been very down. Not down, but like I'm going to be hard-pressed to you know get my hopes up and whatnot. 
mainly with the Colts game, but we went out there and we got a win against the Colts, right? I think that we can go out here and get a win here. I think we're going to go out here and win here. And you want to know why? Because we need to. Because we need to get a win. Because we're on a hot streak. We are going to go out. We are going to get a win. I think the Raiders are going to be back in a big way. I think they're going to put up points. I think this defense is going to give up points. But we are going to go out there. We are going to get a W. And it's going to be 34-30 Raiders. I love it. That's how you win. You put up points and you don't give up a lot of points, um, even though 30 is a lot. Um, All you, you got to do is give up less than what you put up. Right? Correct. Score more points than the other team. That's how you win. Pretty straightforward. Well, I think at this point, there's just no going back. There's no going back. It's all vibes from here. The Raiders have defied all the odds, did not expect us to win three straight games, did not expect us to be in this position, and they proved me wrong in a very good way. And if you needed any more momentum, John Madden, RIP, his family will be lighting the torch Sunday night. So if we needed any more vibes, anything else to, to back the Raider Nation, it's going to be Madden's family. So that being said, I am going to go Raiders 30, Chargers 27. That is my final prediction. Hell yeah. That's my final prediction, and I might as well just ride with it. Carlson, you're going to kick a game winner, okay? You've done it five times already. You're going to kick game winner, Raiders 30-27. We, uh, it's, and it's going to be stressful. It's going to be either the highest of the lies or the lowest of the lows. So, does this have anything to do with the fact that you called it the bur- the Bourbon Bowl earlier? It's not a guess. It's what it's going to be, Lynn Swan. But yeah, Mud Dog's going to win 30 27. Thought a lot about this because it, I, I'd like to play contrarian a little bit sometimes, a pessimist to your optimist, to your optimist prime. But I think at this point, this is where we stand united. Man, I really hope we can get. You know, the majority of Raider Nation out there representing where it's just loud, where we actually use our home field advantage, just use all the vibes and just defy all the odds, guys. Because that's the fact that we still have a franchise at this point of the year is impressive enough. So we're on the cusp of playoff berth. And I guess I, I, I guess I'll say I wouldn't have it any other way. I mean, if we were playing the the Jags, wouldn't mind that at all. A winner, winner go home. But this is how it has to be. This is how. This is how we got to get in true Raider fashion. So buckle up, guys. It's going to be a good one. Absolutely. Yeah, it's going to be absolutely fantastic Sunday night game. Every, all the other games, all the other possibilities, all the other things that could help us in one way or the other are going to be done and finished at that point. We're going to know where we stand. But regardless, we need to win. So that being said, uh, we hope you guys enjoyed the preview. Uh, as always, we appreciate the love. Please share, subscribe, rate, review. Give us those five stars on Apple Podcasts. Uh, go follow us on YouTube. If you're watching on YouTube, all the handles are on the screen. Go follow our social media accounts. Uh, if you're listening to the podcast, go watch it on YouTube. And uh, let's go in there and get this dub. Let's get this dub on Sunday. Uh, let's go into a victory Monday looking to see who we play in the first round of the playoffs. Let's just let's just do it. Let's just go there. Let's just be there already. Why not? Why not? It's kind of like if you're listening to us, why not watch this on YouTube? You know? Exactly. Yeah. Why, why not? not just get it up? Exactly. Yeah. Red Nation, we love you guys. Okay. This isn't goodbye. I'm not saying goodbye. This is not our last preview, technically, because I think we got the funds to still go into the 2022 year, but it's not going to be our last for the 2021 
22 seasons. So Raider Nation, stand up. We love you guys. Praying for you. Pray for us because we don't know how it's going to go, but we're committed. We're all in. Please share, subscribe, rate, review. Love you guys. Big game. Last game of the year. Just cannot hold anything back. Can't hold anything back now. We'll see you all next week. Peace out.